in today's show, we're talking about the New York Knicks and their fantasy basketball value. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk about the New York Knicks, but just two minutes before I started recording this, there was news about TJ Warren and his foot injury. So just a quick mention of that. His foot fracture is not healing well. He is notoriously a slow healer. We've seen from his ankle and head injuries back in Phoenix. But this injury happened like the first week of January. And it is not healing and he is out indefinitely. I would not draft TJ Warren. I don't know when he will be back. He might be back at the start of December. He might be back in January. Just do not draft him. He is a slow healer and players entering the season, unless you get them a significant discount, and we know when they're coming back, like I did in the mock draft yesterday with Pascal Siakam, or you know, if he comes back in November and I got him at pick 100 or whatever it was, then I'm happy with that. Is someone like TJ Warren who's going to come back and be on a minute's limit and have back-to-backs because it is, is sitting back-to-backs because it is his foot, not an upper body injury. To me, that's just an absolute no-go. No no interest in drafting TJ Warren at all. It boosts Brogdon. It boosts Levert. It boosts um, Sabonis. Probably doesn't impact Turner too much. It boosts Justin Holiday into deeper league consideration. It improves the value of Chris Duarte. Probably even O'Shea Brissett as well. Not that Duarte and Brissett are 12-team league guys, but they do get a little bit of a bump there as well. But just a little bit of an update there on the TJ Warren scenario. But now, let us talk New York Knickerbockers. That is what we're here to talk about today. We're going to talk about that from a fantasy point of view. Their schedule is pretty good, actually. 53 quality games. It's a really good number for the Knicks, above average there, and a league-low 12 back-to-backs, which is great news considering that their maniac head coach will play everyone absolutely through the arse in terms of their minutes, and they've got a bloke who's got uh, rooted knees in Kemba Walker. So the 12 back to Tibbs is going to try and play him through the back-to-backs anyway. But the fact that they only have 12 of them is great news. And that does, I think, really help Kemba Walker's fantasy stock. In the default Yahoo playoffs, they have 11 games, a 3-4-4 schedule. Pretty good. And in my default playoffs, they have 10 games. Again, pretty good. 3-4-3 three, three in that playoff type setting. So uh, overall, I think it's a really, really strong fantasy schedule for the New York Knicks. Again, that's a 2% equation in terms of what you're balancing for your drafting. But when you're coming to tiebreakers, um, it is important to note. So that's that's how we're looking at these uh, these New York Knickerbockers. Let's look at pressure points and what that is. What can impact the projections? Tibbs splitting minutes. Now I know I know you're going to laugh at that. I know you're going to laugh at that. But there is a possibility. What he does at center with Mitchell Robinson and um, Nerlens Noel. And Mitch Robinson says, "I'll take it from here." Does Robinson, now Robinson before he broke his foot last year, we don't actually know if he's going to return. I'm going to talk later on to Gavin Shaw of Locked on Knicks and see if we can get an update on that. Um, you know, he was playing 28 minutes a night and Noel was playing 20. Do they go to 24-24 or is Robinson installed as a big full-time starter? That's that's a question. The other one is in the backcourt. Lots of options. Derek Rose, Emmanuel quickly, Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, Ivan Fournier. 
does Tibbs split the minutes or does he go, well, Fournier and Walker are my starters. They're playing 32, 34, 35 minutes. And then quickly, you just get 10 minutes of scraps and Rose, you get your 22 minutes and that's it. And Burks fight for whatever. I don't know. It's not very Tibbs-like to do that. But then you've got to balance it. Like, it's not Tibbs-like to play minute splits and, and limit the minutes of his starters, but it's also Tibbs and, and Derek Rose. So there's a big question mark there. He could go full-on 35 minutes for Kemba and Fournier, or he could play everyone 26 minutes. Fournier, Rose, Walker, um, quickly. That's, that's a big, big difference. Robinson's foul rate is also important. Last year, he stayed out of foul trouble. The minutes went up, but the block rate, the ass fell right out of it. He was really poor with his block rate, and it dropped his value considerably. Can he get those two things to marry up? A low block rate, sorry, a low foul rate and a high block rate. It's hard to do. That that can really elevate him. He could become a real draft steal. Or if it remains as it is, then in some situations, he's a draft bust. We'll talk about that later on. And then Julius Randle shooting. He went from like a 27% three-point shooter to a 40% three-point shooter. Which one's real? Does he fall way back? I think he's going to lose a bit of usage this year. But if the shooting falls off and looks anywhere close to what it did in the playoffs, then he's going to really struggle to maintain that level of value where he was a back-end second-round guy last year. That, that, that's a real problem to me. That if that shooting, that 40% three-point shooting that Randall seemingly pulled out of nowhere, if that is um, unable to continue then he does lose quite a bit. And towards the end of last season, we saw him really struggling with efficiency numbers and the field goal percentage was a massive drain. The hope is, I guess, that with some of the offensive load being uh, being taken away from him, Giggity. that he can um, improve the overall efficiency. But that, at this point, is uh, is yet to be yet to be fully realized. We'll see. We'll see how that goes as we uh, as we move along. But if you're uh, if you're worried about actually, you know what? I, I needed this last night's sweat block because I left my heater on in my house and it was bloody hot. I was sweating like a crazy person. If I had had sweat block on, I would have been okay. Wouldn't have woke, woken up drenched. I'm sure you don't need that extra information, but the information you do need if you do suffer from excessive sweating is sweat block is the answer. Wipe it on before you go to bed. Wake up the next morning, shower, go to school, go to work, and you're covered for up to seven days. This is doctor-created and doctor-recommended, the strongest clinical antiperspirant that you can find anywhere, and you can get it now for 20% off at sweatblock.com by using the promo code LOCKEDON. It's at Amazon. It's at CVS. Sure, no worries, but 20% off, who doesn't want to save that extra money? Go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your hands on some of the strongest clinical antiperspirants you can find at sweatblock.com. Guys, does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another where you stream your favorite shows. You watch your sports highlights on your phone and then you got your friends log in to watch the other good stuff. There's just so much, so much happening. Well, I'm going to tell you about a simple way to get all of your entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let's look at some breakout candidates. Got two guys on this list. I'm less certain about one of them, and that is Emmanuel Quickly. Quickly, I guess, gained the hearts and the minds of New York Knicks fans last year. Um, I hated the pick when it was made, and I was wrong. I also think that 
the the way that he is being viewed at the moment is probably a little bit in excess of what his actual talent level is. I still my concerns from draft time still remain that he's not a point guard really. Although he did flash some passing skills at summer league for sure. But he, and he's too short to really be a full-time shooting guard. That's a little bit of my worry. And what he was doing was this insanely high efficiency number from three and a crazy free throw drawing rate. That did cool off as the season went on. Now, if he can maintain this level of getting to the free throw line, if he can improve his overall efficiency, which was pretty bad last year, and he can improve his passing, then there is real breakout candidacy there. The problem is, at this point, he's maybe getting 12 minutes a night, 13 minutes a night behind Rose Walker-Fournier as the fourth guard. Now, injuries can happen to any of those blokes, Rose and Kemba especially, and quickly could be thrust into a starting role, and he could really break out and show that you know, on a, even on a you know, per-game basis, he is better than Kemba. I really don't think that's the case, but it's possible. But he's one of those guys that could be playing you know, very few minutes and also, at the same time, really overrated by people who look at his long-term value. RJ Barrett's the other one as he heads into his third season. Barrett has never been a great fantasy guy for category leagues. He's a much better points league player, like you're talking 20, 30 spots better in points leagues because he struggles overall with efficiency. That's been a problem for him for a, for a long time. It's the, well, not a long time, his whole career, which has been two years. Um, yeah, 44 from the field, 75 from the line. He hit 40% of his threes, which maybe, maybe that's real, maybe that's not. But overall, you know, the two-point finishing is bad. The free throws aren't particularly good, although they did improve as the season went on. And that limits what he does. Also, very comically low steals, comically low blocks, not great assists, not great rebounds. Like he, and his free throw, uh, three-point volume is not particularly high either. He's like an old-schooly type player who gets a lot of points. And we look at those numbers. Like, look at that three-point percentage. Look at his scoring numbers. And then everything else for fantasy doesn't contribute huge amounts. But maybe it comes together. Maybe he does maintain 40% three-point shooting. And he's able to up the volume, double the volume. Maybe he is able to go out there and and hit and, and hit threes at a higher level and maintain 80% from the free-throw line. Maybe he's able to do all that. Maybe miraculously defensive stats come in. They won't. I've got almost no, no um, hope that that's going to happen. The other problem, I guess, with Barrett, I could look at is say, well, he comes in and then his usage drops because Walker and Fournier are there. And he gets pushed a little bit to the back burner. There is a potential breakout coming. Third year, it's a key time, really, really big time for players to break out. But there are also some factors that just push against that a little bit, which is something that I'd just be a little bit cautious with when thinking about Rowan Barrett Jr. for this upcoming season. Let's look at some fantasy sleepers. Last year in the preseason, I was really worried about Kemba Walker and his knee. Yeah, he had that problem in the bubble. And then we got to the start of the season, went like his knee's rooted, guys. He's uh, he's still going to. This is I'm paraphrasing the Celtics, but I said he's going to have to sit back to backs and be on a minutes limit. I went, oh no, like the fact that he is still dealing with a knee problem four or five months removed from the bubble after sitting out like all through March and then came. Look, it, there was a, I thought oh, he's he's rooted. He's finished. But then it was all right. The last two months of the season, he was the 40th ranked player in, on per-game base and didn't really sit any games. He started playing back-to-backs. So I think the narrative... Like, I thought that this was a degenerative issue, and it still may be, but he was able to play through it towards the end of last season and still put up good numbers. And this all leads me to say that he's ranked 79th on Yahoo and 82nd on Fantrax. On a per-game basis, I think he beats that pretty comfortably. The worry you have is Tommy Thibodeau coming in and playing him 36 minutes a night and then his knees blowing up. 
But I guess on the flip side, you look at that and go, well, maybe Tommy Thibodeau plays him 36 minutes a night and his knee doesn't blow up and he becomes the 30th best player. So I'm very happy to take a flyer on Kemba Walker around that 80 mark, 85 mark, with knowing that on a per-game basis, he beats that pretty easily, I think. And then you just, fingers crossed, that he's just not going to miss 20 games. If he misses 10 games, it's no problem. You fingers crossed he's not going to miss 20. Ivan Fournier, I think, is too low. 117 on Yahoo, 109 on ESPN, and 117 on Fantrax. Fournier was the 88th ranked player last year in just 30 minutes a game. He had some struggles in Boston for sure, but he moves in as the starting shooting guard, I believe, for the Knicks. He's better than what they had there previously in Reggie Bullock. Yes, Rose and Quickly are behind him, but Fournier is better than both of those players. And again, if Thibodeau loves it, he plays 35 minutes. And he, he just obliterates this number. I think you're looking at him probably in the 90 to 105 range. So it gives you a bit of scope. ESPN's got him at 109, which is probably a little bit too low, but it's not too bad. The Yahoo and Fantrax ones are the ones that I'm really paying attention to. But to me, I love him as a later round pick. And then you've got to mention this one. Nerlens Noel's at 277 on ESPN. Now, I saw him go in the top 100 of a mock draft I did yesterday, I think it was. Well, I, uh, no, I know it was yesterday. I think he went in the top 100. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, that's too high. I don't believe that Noel is going to play the 24 minutes a game that he played last year, where he was the 103rd ranked player. Uh, and then in points leagues, he was 158th in 24 minutes a night. I don't think he's getting to that level. But I also know that 277 is his pure insanity. Like he is going to be the backup center. He will play 20 minutes a night and he will at worst be a top 170 guy. So on ESPN, pay attention to why, you can't answer why, you can't answer why he's that low, but pay attention to the fact that he is down as low as he is in those uh, in their rankings because he can be uh, absolutely someone in deeper leagues or even back end of a, of a standard league, probably wouldn't, but even in a back end of a standard league, he can take that flyer in case he takes that job from Mitchie Robinson because if he does, then the top 80, top 70 is absolutely one that you need to be uh, considering as an option for big Nerlens. Let's look at some fantasy busts now. Now, I just talked about how good Kemba Walker could be. ESPN has him at 32. That's ridiculous. There's no way that you take him at 32. Even if, best case scenario, he plays 35 minutes, he's healthy, he doesn't sit back-to-backs. Why would you take that risk where everything needs to go right to pick him at 32? It is pure insanity. You take him at 70, you take him at 75, 80, and then if it works out, by all means. Under no circumstance do you take him in the top 40 or even the top 50. It's just not happening. 32 is bananas and it, they need their head read. There's no way. That is real. I'll say the same for Mitchie Robinson, who comes in at 66 on Yahoo and 75 on Fantrax. ESPN's got him at 96, and I think even that's a little bit too high. Robinson last year, with that real dip, dip in his block rate, was the 109th best player, and he did that in 28 minutes a night. And in points leagues, it's worse for him. He was 122nd. Both him and Noel, much worse in points leagues than category leagues. You know... I can easily see a situation where Robinson gets the block rate back up, plays the 28 minutes, and becomes top 50 with 70% field goals, two and a half blocks, 10 rebounds. That's all possible. But am I going to hope that all of those things happen and take him at 66? That's ridiculous. Take him at, if you want to really make sure you get Mitch Robinson, take him at 80, take him at 90. Maybe he's a top 100 player, maybe he isn't. But at 66 or 75 on fan tracks, like my guys, calm down. We're not doing that. ESPN, again, drinking the insanity juice. They've got Derek Rose at 89. I do not know what they think is happening. 
He was 114th last year in 26 minutes, Derek Rose. He was 111th in points leagues. Derek Rose is one year older. There are better players ahead of him in Kemba Walker and Ivan Fournier. And ESPN's looked at that and went, yeah, fucking Derek Rose is going to be fucking better. My guys, how? How? Sorry, kids. Didn't tell you to cover your ears. Derek Rose is not going to be worth the 89th pick. Derek Rose is fine at pick 140, 130 if you want to get spicy. But you're not picking him at 89 unless there's something actually wrong with you. And then I'll say the same thing for RJ Barrett at 89. In a points league, fine. Absolutely no problem. He's possibly, and I took him around this area, I think at like 70-something, I took him in the mock draft yesterday because it's a points league. That's what he does. There is also the risk that he does move from the second offensive option to the fourth behind Fournier, Camber, and Julius Randle. He could do that easily, and that, that's a real worry. So what they're hoping for here on Fantrax with an ADP of 89, that either everyone there is drafting in a points league or they're expecting him to maintain usage, improve efficiency, improve defensive stats and rebounds and assists. And there's just that's just not a winning formula for a draft. Take a flyer on him. Get him in the right spot. 89 is not that right spot. Um, interestingly, on Yahoo, he's ranked 103, RJ, and his ADP is 87. So people are reaching up for him. Again, This maybe this is influenced by points leagues, but I know for a fact the points leagues are less than half of leagues. So I don't know how that... Well, I don't know why people are as super reaching for RJ Barrett. I think in that ninth round, 100 to 115 type range, if you're hoping for a little bit of upside for him, it's fine. But remember, there is that risk that Kemba and Fournier do take some of his usage. And he is a player whose fantasy value really is impacted by usage because of the low rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, and poor percentages. The value comes from being an 18, 19 point per game scorer. Maybe 20 if everything goes well. That's where the value lies in him not in peripheral numbers. And if those shots disappear, then uh, the value goes along with it. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know it. I know it. Have you tasted it? If you have, what's your favorite flavor? Is it salted caramel, cookies and cream, mint brownie, double chocolate, German chocolate, strawberry, raspberry, so many great flavors out there. But not only are Built Bars delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, four to five grams of sugar, 130 to 180 calories and just four to five grams of net carbs. So not only are they a delicious treat, but they're also good for you. Right now, you can get a box or as many boxes as you want of Built Bar at 15% off by using our promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. So get yourself a box, a mixed box, multiple boxes, every flavor box, whatever you want to do of Built Bar. Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Football has started. College football is done. We're, we're not, it wasn't done. It started. Pro football, we are a day away from the season started. It is that time of year where you need to start turning your betting attention to football. And the best place to do that is at Bet Online. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Also, take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will get refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up with the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. You can take advantage of all of their great offers for the 2021 season right now. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Okay. Let's have a look at some deep league flyer types or guys that we might consider for the last pick in a standard league. I think Emmanuel quickly and Alec Burks, two guys who, if they do get the minutes, they will produce. 
That's just more deeper league type stuff. Yeah, their pathway to getting those big minutes isn't exactly there at the moment. So I guess you've got that concern. Um, but if injuries do occur and news pops up that Walker's hurt or Rose isn't going to play or whatever's going to happen, just watch those guys. They are going to have some pretty solid deep league numbers. And then the one who's really just a flyer is Juice McBride. Really loved him as a player coming into the draft. Thought he should have been a first-round pick. I think the Knicks got him for a steal in the second round. He's a tenacious defender. Yeah, the, the difference between him and number nine overall pick Davion Mitchell as a defender is very negligible to me. Um, generate steals at a high rate, which is great for fantasy. I think he can hit the three ball, can play a little point guard. Now, the depth chart is, is pretty crowded with Kemba, with Rose, with Luca Vildoza, with someone else. Oh, Manuel quickly, all ahead of him. But McBride is a guy that if injuries strike, he can play his way into Thibodeau's good books just because of how good his defense is. And he's just just a name to watch in those uh, in those deeper league formats. Let's go through the rest of these uh, of these players now, starting with the double royal, Julius Randle. All right, Randle last season obviously was very impressive, a real surprise packet. He averaged 24, 10, and 6. He shot 46 and 81. He was the 24th ranked player. That, that's great. I think there is going to be a drop-off in Randall this year because, again, you are replacing Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock with Ivan Fournier and Kemba Walker, much higher usage players. That will help, should, fingers crossed, help Randall's efficiency so he doesn't have to take as many contested shots and run everything, but it will have an impact on his assist numbers and his usage numbers. So I expect the points and the assists to come down with the field goal percentage hopefully going up. The swing skill, as I mentioned earlier, is his uh, three-point percentage. If that doesn't maintain around the 40 number, then there is a drop. I still think, like, he's ranked probably fairly. 25 ADP on Fantrax, 22 on Yahoo, 23 on ESPN. That's right around the area he was last year. Again, if he dropped to be the 30th best player this year, or even the 40th, I wouldn't be massively surprised. Just because if that drop in usage, which I think is like a 90% chance of happening, a drop of assists, which is like 90% chance of happening, if both of those things do happen, but the projected increase in efficiency doesn't, which is maybe a 50-50, then he's going to drop off. But around that second round, third round type area is totally fine for Randall. I've got no problem with taking him there. He was 16th in a points league last year. I think he falls a little bit, maybe back end of the second round in that 18 to 22 sort of range. I think that's totally fine, but maybe not pushing towards that middle to top end of the second round where he was last season. Uh, Taj Gibson played way more than anticipated last year because of Mitchell Robinson's injury, but as much as Thibodeau loves him, he is 36 and he's the third string center and he won't play most nights. If Robinson and Noel are out there and healthy, Gibson won't play. So there's not much to look at there. Same with um, same with uh, Obi Toppin because uh, yeah, who where's the role? I don't want to hear any more about Obi Wan. Toppin played 11 minutes a game last last year, and I, I've have read some Knicks people saying, "Wow, yeah, Obi, look look how well he scored in summer league. Are they gonna that's gonna let Tom um, yeah ease off the minutes for Randall, and he can give a few more to Julius Randall, like uh, to Obi Toppin. Like, have you ever met Tom Thibodeau? He is not, again, going to take the minutes away from his best player to give it to a bloke who sucks at defense because he can do big dunks occasionally. It's just not going to happen. And you've got Noel and Gibson and Robinson playing center. So Toppen Randall lineups, I think, are still going to be limited. So while Toppen might play two extra minutes a game, I don't think it's going to be a situation where he's all of a sudden playing 20, 22, and yeah, Randall, they're just keeping him fresh and playing him 31 a night. This is not what Tom Thibodeau does. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe Tommy will prove me wrong. He won't, but maybe he will. 
They also signed Luca Vildoza at the end of last season. We didn't see him play, but he is around. I'd to be what their fifth point guard. I, I'm not really sure he plays at all. Well, Kevin Knox, I think uh, I think we can strike him out in terms of an NBA career. He is cooked. They drafted Quentin Grimes in the first round, much like Emmanuel Quickly last year. I didn't like the pick in the first round. I don't know if Grimes will prove me wrong. Grimes can be an interesting shooter, but again, there's just so much depth ahead of him at this stage, including uh, yeah, Alec Burks, RJ Barrett. Fournier, Quickly, Rose, Walker, McBride. It's just hard for him to find a regular rotation role. And they have the high flyer, Jericho Sims, on a two-way deal, who I guess there's a chance that yeah, if a lot of injuries in that front court happen, he could be an interesting you know, high field goal percentage type player. But realistically, we're not, we're not getting to that area with him. Guys, that's it. That's the New York Knicks done. Fantasy basketball value of them. Let's just go through it again. Randall in that second round, a little bit high value in points leagues. Uh, Kemba, I think, in that 60 to 80 range is fine. There is upside in him. Injury in the knees is a real concern. Fournier, I think, is going at a bit of a steal. Barrett, I think, is getting overrated unless you're in a points league where maybe he's underrated. And Mitch Robinson, watch that value because his block rate really determines exactly what happens. Noel, fine as a last-round guy. Rose, probably not a 12-10, and nor is quickly. And Burke's just that deeper league guy. Well, you know, Gibson and Toppin and McBride, they're not going to be guys who contribute all that regularly. That Guys, that'll do it for us. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>